This is Drew versus World Podcast about getting information through inspiration. Today we have Pete. Pete, how are you doing today? Pete of uh, Pete Abehata. Ape. Oh, pretty close. Ape, pretty close. Abeyeta. Abeyeta. Pete a beta. A beta. Like a beta. I, I went, like a beta I went, fish. I went too ethnic. Abeyeta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abeyeta. It's it's technically Spanish or Basque. Okay. But uh, although I don't look at this. Uh, any ethnicity except for uh, mayonnaise. Yeah, <laughs> I look like I, I look like Idaho-based uh, ethnicity. <laughs> I lived in Columbus, Ohio, so I understand that that joke. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a ton of family up in Idaho. Shout out to Boise. What's up? There we go. Shout out to Boise. Shout, Boise doesn't get enough shout outs. <laughs> I know. Um, so you like French fries? Thank Boise. It, really? Tell me more. Yes. Oh my gosh! You literally cannot go. Uh, like five blocks without seeing a hundred thousand acres of potatoes. Ooh. If you don't like potatoes and you live in Idaho, you are you. They basically it's a law. You have they have to uh, uh, kick you out. <laughs> you get b- banished from the state. The one thing I learned about potatoes is that instead of just frying them straight out of the you know after you cut them or whatever, you put them in water yep. so you get some of that starch out. I was like, oh, that's yep. a freaking game changer. It is a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> so so you are a part of the middle class film class right podcast That's correct. right you yeah. are one of the three heads as you can see in the back well you that's, that's you right. guys can't see in the back but we can see in the back it's just for <laughs> us it's secret time this is just for us yeah uh, <laughs> so tell I me got a inside bit, jokes yeah tell me a little bit how you got started with the middle class film class so um that's a uh, middle class film class. Is our show. It's a podcast. We um, this, the, the three of us: Peter, myself, which is um, um, Joseph and Tyler. And Joseph and Tyler are two good friends of mine. Uh, Joseph's a professional f- um, video editor. That's what his day job. He worked in the news for a long time. He worked with Sacramento Kings doing uh, mm-hmm. clip packages and whatnot. And now he does a. He works for an, an, like an advertising firm <clears throat> that does high end high end advertising mm-hmm. production. And uh, Tyler, we actually started out, I was his boss at my work. <laughs> I hired him. He, yeah, and he worked, I, work, I run a body shop, and I hired him, and we had very similar eclectic musical tastes, and after he left my shop and went to some, another shop, to work in another shop, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of became friends, and then, um, then we became close friends. And he's, his mom has her own podcast um, called The Ugly Truth, and and he came to me and he's there, me and Joseph, and is like, we talk about movies all the time. We love movies. We should, we should start a podcast. My mom does it. We could do it. And we're like, okay, yeah, like, sure, why not? You know, let's figure it out. And after we kind of set the ground rules, um, <clears throat> my only stipulation was if we're going to do it, we have to do it every week at the same time, release on the same day, and I have to have good quality because it's nothing more that I hate about listening to a new podcast is the really poor quality audio and, and, and and just like kind of no direction, kind of that meandering. It's like, if you're here to interview somebody, let's talk to them. If you're here to talk about movies, let's talk about movies. And so we, we have specifically set segments of the show where we talk about um, the weekly movie news, um, whatever we find that's interesting. It can be new movie that's coming out, new cast being added out to like the new matrix Four movie um, or very interest, like very crazy things about like, have you heard, you heard of the story about how army hammer is allegedly a cannibal and has cannibalistic sexual fetishes? No. 
No. You, okay. So this is a real story. <laughs> and like two or three, not just one single person, but like two or three of uh, Army Hammer's exes basically have come out saying that he's kind of forcefully pushing them into like branding themselves with a ah, yes for his, i've heard uh, that i've heard that yes, yes 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 and then the next the next uh level of that is that he's has like a, a fe- uh, like a cannibal fetish mm. and it's none of this has been corroborated so please don't sue me army hammer but <laughs> so, hammer, if you listen kind of, you could come on the podcast to um go clear your name. allegations <laughs> <laughs> So we'll talk about whatever in the news, and the news, uh, you know, uh, we call it gab and chatter, and um, and then we give a movie recommendations, streaming movie recommendations to the listeners every week from all three of us, and we all have very different and eclectic tastes, um, and then we we talk about one deep dive movie a week, and we have mm. a spinning wheel that chooses the movies at random. We all assign movies to the wheel, and we also have fans write in, and and we have a, li- a running list of fan selections. So like this week, we're doing. Um, we just we just recorded a Brokeback Mountain, which was Tyler's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie, never seen it before. It was on my long to do list, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so I watched that. And now we're watching Amores Peros, which was Amores a fan choice. Peros. And I don't know nothing about it, so we're going on 100 percent blind, and we'll watch it. And I've I've heard good things, but I don't know any. I don't even know what it's about. So, so what what made you what made you really enjoy movies? Like what was what's your earliest um, memory of actually like loving a movie and actually it connecting with you? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, I think probably the, the most, the earliest memory I have of, I guess like an impactful movies experience would be, um, my mom was a big influence on my personality and the type of person I am today. And she would take me every so often, she'd take me out of school and go do something fun with her. Just mm. be like, let's break up the, shake it up a little bit. And let's, like you know, that. skip school for the day and let's go do something weird. And um, one of the things we would do is she would take me to uh, like an indie art house movie theater and we'd go to like Mill Valley. I'm, I'm in Northern California, Sacramento area. And we would drive out to the Bay and we'd go to Mill Valley, this little town kind of in the, on the outskirts of the Bay. And we would um, go to a indie movie theater there and watch some like foreign flick. And it would be like really? something simple like Bendit, like Bendit, like Beckham mm-hmm. was not playing anywhere at the time. And I didn't know anything about that or soccer or care about it. But it was like, that's interesting. Or go see like Ponette, a little French movie. Yes. Great, great, super cute little girl, heartbreaking movie. And she would encourage us to do those sort of things. And I'm like, well, movies don't have to be just dumb and dumber <laughs> or, you know, f- flubber you know whatever <laughs> great movie though great movie yeah no i lo- love dumb dumber dumb dumber is a, a a perennial classic um i was talking, about more, I was talking would... more about flubber not dumb oh flubber <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but uh but yeah that was that was like my uh, that was probably the earliest memory as far as like trying to expand my horizons and, and do mm-hmm. something different but nowadays the thing that i really like love about movies is is twofold there's two big things I love about it. Number one, um, I'm in modern day America. A lot of the, um, a lot of the push and a lot of the, um, pressure that you get as a man in America is to suppress your emotions. Mm. Don't, 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 don't cry. Don't show weakness. Don't do this. Be a man, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, movies allow you to, um, connect with the characters and feel emotions that either you 
don't want to or not encouraged to feel in real life or just don't have the opportunity to feel. Um, and some of those are like scary things like watching The Witch or Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's, like, it's like riding a roller coaster. You don't yeah. want to put your life in danger, but you want this controlled danger, this controlled fear. And you feel a range of emotions. And, and a lot of times that's just being sad and la- allowing yourself to be sad. And that feels good sometimes, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I really love that, that part of it, experiencing emotions that you may not experience in your real life. And the other part is that when you have a, a character that you really love and you can, you can go back and watch, rewatch it, because I'm a rewatcher. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, have you seen Whiplash? No, man. I, I, I have, I, I, I've heard too much, too, too much about it. And it's been like one of those things that's like been on my list. And every time I go to watch it, I'm like, do I want to put myself through this? Not through it as it's, the fact that yeah. it's not good. It's through it like yeah. the fact that. Emotionally. I, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, like, I, I have to say that you're, don't, don't let that uh, fear overtake mm-hmm. you. The movies, the movie is fantastic on its mm-hmm. own. It's, it's not as it's not like um like Foxcatcher where the Ooh. character is like physically gonna kill somebody you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 not like an abusive I mean it is an abusive story but it, it's such a it's such a fantastic movie I've se- I've seen that movie probably ten fifteen times it's one it's like on on rotation at my house yes. and um <clears throat> but those characters of whatever movie it is are like old friends that you haven't seen in a while mm. and you want to connect with those people and it's always the same you know it's, you're always going to get the same performance and you're always going to get that same thing now you may change over the years but when you go back and rewatch a movie that you haven't seen in 10 years that you, you thought oh gosh i love andy dufresne from the shawshank redemption mm. what 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 of like stoic like just kind of a rock character and you rewatch it as you get older and the character stays the same. And it's like, it's like seeing a friend from high school that you're like, man, as soon as we see each other, man, it's just like old times. You sit down and could play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, just like old times. Listen. And it's like, it's like transporting you back into your childhood, man. So I, like, I love that about movies. And I, you, know, you, can, you can watch them over and over again and you get the same result and it, and it pulls something out of you. So um, you know, that's, that's kind of how I approach it. And, or, and it's good to just shut your mind off sometimes and watch yes. uh, Extraction. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> the it's ne- funny, it's Netflix funny, movie. It's funny that you say that though, um, because Extraction actually, I actually liked it. It was pretty like badass. But um, yeah, I did too. It was, it was but, exactly what I wanted. Yeah, exactly what you, what you say. But I I am the type of person. So I have a bunch of movies that I love to watch. But I don't. I'm not a big rewatcher. Be, but I love to watch new things like obscure like random like um you ever seen mother oh yeah love uh darren aronofsky's mother yes the mother mother (laughs) yeah a crazy insane movie that has Kristen wig in it for some reason i was like what the what 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 who paid you (laughs) i know where Uh, she come from (laughs) i know i love i loved it i thought it was amazing but stuff like that Uh, i've always been interested in because i always to your point and to your mother's point to like shake it up a little bit, you know, get change. We was talking a little bit about, you know, changing the monotony of things and not being the same person you were the next day. And I always like to watch, but you know, people in my life are like pretty much, Hey, let's watch these UPN shows like Moesha and things like that. And I'm not knocking them for it. Right. But I'm like, (laughs) but I'm like, Hey, let's watch these other things. And then similar to your mom, my mom, 
is she's a curator of she loves 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 and i had no idea what her fascination with is with english community like english like as far as like london the uk like i've seen mm-hmm. so many english movies and about the queen and about you know um peaky blinders mostly period stuff or like newer newer no, stuff like peaky blinders uh i don't know if you've seen um oh man i forgot that it's the longest running soap opera of all time uh oh i am i know what you're talking about uh, but i can't remember I don't street, know the name. it's like coronation street oh so i've seen coronation okay. street since i was probably like nine right so i've That's been funny. like indoctrinated into this english culture which is outside of you know brooklyn new york where i live in so i'm mm-hmm. talking about so you know i'm going to school having this like english side of me and i can't really explain it but yeah i'm always love to be into different things so i i, I love that you say that about your mom that she was and i hope that parents do that more often is that hey you go to school for four days of the week i mean five days of the week once a month, just, you know, try something different and just spread out the horizon yeah. of knowledge of your child so that they're able to see so much more than what's in their current bubble. Because the kids probably at your school, they weren't going to those indie art films places. And if they were, they, they weren't talking about it at school. <laughs> no, no. And it was, and it's like even just watching a movie with subtitles at home, mm-hmm. that's, was, was encouraged, you know, it's yep. like, uh, we're going to watch this, uh, um, what's, well, um, Gosh, uh, Amelie, you know, mm. um, Amelie, f- mm-hmm. fa- fantastic movie, mm-hmm. R- really, really good. Fun fact: the guy that directed Amelie ended up directing Alien Resurrection. Really weird. So I found I <laughs> found that out with um, shout out to Force Five. They, they he brought us together, but um, yeah, this that's up, Jason. That's, exactly, that's the comment. That's that's our Kevin Bacon moment. Um, <laughs> anyway, two, two degrees of Kevin Bacon right here. <laughs> um, but. Um, I, I found that out while I was doing my research for that Aliens episode. I was like, what? It's crazy how those, those <laughs> connect at all. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> I know. And uh, Ron Perlman's got a little bit of a connection, too, oh, because man. that same director, I couldn't, couldn't tell you his name, but he directed a, a crazy movie called um, City of Lost Children before Amelie. Mm. And City of Lost Children is another French movie. The director's French. And Ron Perlman learned French just for the movie. Really? And yeah, I thought for the longest time, I thought he just was French because I've seen him speak French in a couple interviews or at least basic conversational French. And apparently he just learned it for City of Lost Children and then never for nothing ever again, which is about, way uh, more impressive th- than gaining th- 40 pounds for a role, you know? So he's Hellboy, <laughs> Hellboy um, Ron Perlman. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. that Ron Perlman. Yes, yes, Also yes. the... the Vamp, the leader of the vampire hunting group in Blade Two. Blade Two, uh, yeah. He's always been interesting to me. You know, he's not a a beautiful man whatsoever, but he's mm. always had some amazing roles that I'm always interested in. So I definitely will be checking out that movie for sure. I always like Ron Perlman. It's a it's a trip. Are you do you, are you familiar with any Terry Gilliam movies? No, not top of my head. Uh, Brazil is probably one of the more famous ones. Nope. He, he, Derek, Terry Gilliam was one of the Monty Python guys mm. and he went on to, he directed a lot of their stuff, probably the meaning of life. I would imagine. I'm not sure if, for, for a fact, but he's got a very specific, eclectic, crazy, psychopathic vision. 12 monkeys is one of his. Ooh, okay. 12 monkeys. Um, you have me on. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's got well, that crazy, like zoom in, zoom out sort of. Th- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, and he 
the city of lost children is like Gaspar Noe crossed with Terry Gilliam. Like it's really dark and depressing, but the visuals are very specific to that. Ooh, I gotta watch that. Mm, I gotta get into his, his movies. I, I love me a dark. Watch, watch Whiplash first. <sighs> Damn. Okay. Uh, Whiplash first. That's, it's that's so, my it's homework. So good. That's my horror for today. I gotta watch you'll, Whiplash. You'll never think of the peanut M and M ever the same way again because J.K. Simmons voices the peanut M and M too. <sighs> I love the peanut M. The yellow. The yellow M and M. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, qu- quick question for you. For you, can you go yep. go a little bit into um your background you sent me a, a message in um instagram that was very like was like oh man this is huge you said you was married at 23 divorced <laughs> at 24 and then had to change your life around after that yeah kind of kind of i uh my my parents met at bible college and my dad kind of kept yeah <laughs> like well, to unpack that <laughs> My parents met at Bible college and when, when I was born, when me and my sisters were born, my dad was a youth pastor at a small church kind of out in the outskirts of the Bay area suburbs mm-hmm. called a town called Pleasanton. And, um, when we moved to the town that ended up getting raised in Vacaville, um, <clears throat> we had this kind of pretty strong, was like this, we went to was church this, every uh, Sunday. church and, called a, uh, cult? <laughs> no, no, okay. this is, it's about as. It was, uh, I, I technically, if you want to get, if you want to get specific, it was, uh, evangelical free or non-denominational, gotcha. which is pretty much like an, uh, it's like a new Testament based, uh, more teaching of Jesus rather than the teaching of the old Testament, Gotcha. which is, if you had to pick one, it's probably the more progressive of the Christian mm-hmm. sects because it's, you know, you, the old Testament is where they say, oh yeah, you can't wear mixed fabrics. You can't yep. eat shellfish. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, don't, 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 one man just shouldn't lay with another man yep. in the new Testament they don't really give a shit about half that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, just don't kill each other and like bang your sister. Exactly. Um, all the rest is, everything else, everything else is fine. Yeah. It's literally just the two <laughs> commandments. <laughs> so we made the remix. But, you uh, guys don't, you guys don't listen to the remix. You just listen to right. the original version. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the spark notes for the Bible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I was, I was raised in kind of a strong Christian household. And my, when my parents kind of went their separate ways, my dad held on to the faith and the, doctrine and stuff and my mom still believes but she she just doesn't you know she doesn't get as as judgy about it if you get it what i mean you know mm-hmm. so i had this i this idea was kind of burned into my head from a young age that here's the way to do it here's the right way to live your life mm-hmm. you you meet your sweetheart in high school or right after you get married right away wait uh, buy a house wait a couple years have some kids call it a life check the box and you've done it you, you won, right? American dream. Yep. American dream. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I got up to the point right before the having kids part, and I married my high school sweetheart. We bought a house a year after we got married, like in October of 2007, right before the financial collapse. And uh, I bought this, uh, bought this house for $340,000, and then after, after a year, it was worth one hundred and eighty. Oh, and so, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll live there until the value goes back up or whatever. And then things didn't work out between her and I, she had a change of heart and she took off and I was left with a mortgage making $10 an hour for a $300,000 mortgage. So I just mailed my keys to the bank and said, I can't do this anymore. I left the house in good shape. Sorry about this. And, uh, walked away from it. So by the time wait, I was, we got married that? at, 
Uh, yeah, it's basically like when most most people when they get foreclosed on a house, they'll live into it as long as they can until someone like physically comes and takes them out. And at the time, there were I knew I knew personally knew people that were living in their house mortgage free for like five years until finally the bank's like, listen, let me get the let me refinance for you. I know you haven't paid us in five years, mm. but here, let me cut the price of your house value in half because it is in half now. We're going to cut your payments down. Just please start paying us. And they go, okay. And it all is forgiven. I, I didn't I didn't think that um, well. And plus I was living in a city that I, I moved to a city I didn't particularly care for. Mm. So I, I just said, I can't make the payments. Here you go. Here's my keys. Uh, one's on the counter. The other one is in the envelope. <clears throat> and I walked away and I started renting rooms with friends and stuff and kind of started my life over. Wow. But all that happened from age, I, I was technically just had barely turned 19 a month prior when I got married. And um, from 19 until 23 was when the marriage was together. And then by the, before I was age of 24, I'd foreclosed on the house. So I kind of did the right thing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. in the eyes of my upbringing or whatever. And it was a, kind of a shit show. And I realized very quickly, I grew up very quickly then and realized that you can, you can do what supposedly the right thing is and still kind of fuck things up. You know what I mean? So it was, and it, that, that really opened my eyes to a lot. I was very idealistic and, mm -hmm. and um, childish, you know, for lack of a better phrase. And um, I woke up after that and I kind of had to start my life over. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that didn't change really for me was I was still, I was, I've been in auto body my whole life. I've been mm -hmm. working on cars my whole life and I just, I was still was doing what I was doing, but I was just a little bit more, um, hardened. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> a little and, more and, jaded. It's interesting that you say that you was kind of like idealistic because with all the, from you telling me about your parents and you know, your mom taking you out of school and, you know, allowing you to see these different types of movies, which probably have like a wide swath of different ideals and different ways of doing things. I, I, I it's, it's interesting that you kind of got indoctrinated into that. So I, I have to ask the question that probably is on everybody's mind. Did you have sex before you got married or was that a no? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, okay. Okay. I was, I was a bad kid in that regard. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and it was, and you know, part of it, and this is a, this is maybe a little bit of a lesson for um, the uh, the parents out there because I don't have any kids. I, mm -hmm. my uh, love of my life, Brianna, she's uh, in the other room right now. She's we've been together for almost five years. We don't ha ever plan on having children, um, <clears throat> but um, one of the things that was I thought was strange looking back on my youth from the uh, my adult perspective was that I kind of was encouraged from a young age to be like, oh, that girl's cute. You should go talk to that girl. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do I need to be doing this right now? I have, a th I have, <laughs> I have army men to play with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've got a busy schedule full of, uh, you know, uh, battle toads on us uh, on Gen Sega Genesis. Oh man. Battle so, toads. Um, <laughs> shout out to battle toads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Battle toads. Um, oh, but, uh, so yeah, I, I kind of was kind of pushed towards like girls were on my radar at a young mm -hmm. age, if that makes sense. And once I got my first like real girlfriend, things went moved pretty quickly. Yeah. And like I like I had sex way before I should have mm. as as a young man. And then with my with my what ended up being my my wife, my 
girlfriend at the time in high school. We did, but it was a, there was a huge guilt over both of us, mm. like this crushing guilt. And it's like, people talk about Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't Catholic, but it, it, it translates, you know? Yeah. There is a, there's a, there's a big, that Venn diagram is very big (laughs) middle section (laughs) where the guilt is. And so we, and that was probably the number one thing that pushed us towards getting married before we actually, Mm. when, before we actually were ready for it was like, okay, if we can't keep our hands off each other, we, and we're living in sin, we need to just get, let's just get married, you know? And it's like, that's, that's, it's a silly thing to think about now, but I was 18 years old, you know? I'm old enough to get recruited into the military exactly. and go die for my country, but I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's funny. <laughs> I'm a dope. And it's, it's another thing that's really um, kind of resonated with me as far as that's concerned is because we, you talked previously about like how men are, you know, they're not prone to have emotion and things like that. Another thing, another part of that is like, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Hmm. Okay, it's gone. That's all right. It's gone. It happens somewhere. to me more and more the older I get. <laughs> it's gone somewhere. Just, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. It happens all the time, <laughs> the years to come. <laughs> yeah. We're only a few years apart. I'm only three years older than you, but okay. it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I have, um, I have something to look forward to. Um, yes. Oh man, I totally. You just forget. You forget about your problems too. It's great. I mean, that's hey. <laughs> just lose that memory of. The things you did in the That's past. That's right. You don't, even, you don't even have to get trashed on a weekday night to forget about your problems. You just wake up and you're like, what was I worried about yesterday? Ah, whatever. I'm sure it'll come to bite me in the ass later. My internal hangover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I had a good point. I was like, I was going to pull it all together. It was going to be magnificent. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can see it in my head. Well, and, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not like I dislike feeling emotions and being vulnerable and stuff like I like it you know it's good it feels good oh okay I found you know, it have you ever I found it okay okay I'm sorry I was gonna say it, it, yeah it, no no it's it, good it pulls together feeling. the emotion um it, it they always tell that men can be emotional and then they push us to the part of like I don't know as a kid if you ever seen like little boys they're like oh that girl's checking you out the little little kids like babies they'd be like oh that that, that little girl's yes. checking you out and i'm like yeah I'm like, stop sexualizing that little boy okay <laughs> let him be a little boy he's he doesn't even know how to yeah. wipe his own ass yet give him a couple seconds i know <laughs> Ooh, they're is that your girlfriend <laughs> like, I, like, no, I don't i don't know what that is <laughs> no exactly like i don't know I threw I threw a mud pie at her yesterday. She didn't scream. So yeah, I think we're cool now. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna naturally we're gonna get married. We're setting a date. We put a deposit down on a winery out in the country. Oof. It's great. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that right now, bro. So you're touching my heart. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You said your 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 fiance. I think she can hear us. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, congratulations, dude. That's good. Good for you. Eh. But uh <laughs> <coughs> I love it. Whatever, man. Eh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know? <laughs> I, guess, funny. I guess I'm getting old. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> fuck it now. Now um no, she is the love of my life if she hears this. I love you, babe. Um But uh yeah. So as far as that's concerned, as far as moving on and things like that, uh, how mm-hmm. did it did that inhibit you from your next relationships or, you know, you said you're going to kind of like oh, couch, yeah. couch surfing, room surfing with your friends. What was like your first relationship out of that kind of like 
you, you lose having an ex-wife and having, you know, a loss of a home as well. Yeah, it's it's funny because a lot of people who like are I'm friends with now mm-hmm. don't know any of that about me. Like they're oh, like, really? I said, I'll just in passing, I'll tell a story. Oh yeah, when I was on my honeymoon and we had did this, I got to let this baby sea turtle free into the ocean. They're like, wait, wait a second, honeymoon? <laughs> You're not married? I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I've I've lived a separate life before this, you know. <laughs> and at 25, I you know I meet new people. I'm like, oh hey, what's up? My name's Pete, and this and that, and. And like, oh yeah, this and this, blah, 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 blah. I know them for years. They don't hear any about that because, you know, why am I talking about my ex-wife? <laughs> and, uh, you know, only years later when we're drunk and partying or whatever and say something about, oh yeah, financial collapse, that really took the shit out of me. I just, my credit's just barely coming back from my foreclosure. I'm like, when did you get a foreclosure? <laughs> no, I, I met you like last year and you're, you're just like renting a room with this guy. <laughs> so... I, I, I seriously contemplated moving back home. Mm-hmm. I had like no money and no whatever. I just had a, had a good job, but that was about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had some friends that I was close, close with from, um, you know, um, I went to like a junior college for auto body basics before mm-hmm. I went into the actual trade. I just spent like a couple, a couple of semesters getting, getting comfortable with it. And, um, <clears throat> I, I rented some rooms with uh, one of my buddies, uh, Brian, we called him Slim. And we ended up living together with at multiple different houses, moved here, moved here, bigger house, smaller house, downsize, roommates come and go. R- lived in a house with a couple of Craigslist roommates for a while. That was interesting. <laughs> we got this guy from uh, North Carolina that came out from, because we were right near an airbase. Yes. So a lot of military guys. Mm. And this guy who drove out from North Carolina, sight unseen, mailed the deposit to the landlord that we were cool with and he's like is that room uh everything you say it is player i'm like yes yeah, it's what it is it's just a plain plain ass room and he showed up drove cross, cross country with his motorcycle in the back of the u-haul wow. and we lived with that guy for like three years <laughs> wow uh, bill shout out bill huff what's up dude <laughs> wherever you are um <laughs> but uh yeah somewhere out there and but anyways he, we we lived in i lived in a number of houses um bopped around with different people but me and slim kind of like were real close back then and we you know lived in a bunch of different places together and i'd been in and out of just some decent relationships some really toxic ones and you know the reality is like you're you're supposed to be spending most of your time in your um 20s kind of figuring out what you really want yep I mean, that's the point of dating is like, this is a no-fly zone. This is cool. And how many no-fly zones can I stand for all the good benefits of this person or whatever, you know? Exactly. How many red flags are too many red flags is mm-hmm. one. Too many is is one a giant red flag and there's a bunch <laughs> of tiny red flags. And I kind of think I was like a, like a bull just running towards red flags for a lot, a lot of my 20s. <laughs> red flags like sexy, ooh, that man. looks exciting red flags i know <laughs> it's like the red button. i felt like you gotta push it <laughs> <laughs> is that a ren and stippy reference I, yes it is god i yeah. hope so <laughs> <laughs> the shiny candy like button um <laughs> you no idiot. i i uh <laughs> stampy <laughs> i uh i i i felt like the be at, at the beginning of um um, the the first Hobbit movie, this not the Lord of the Rings, the one, yeah. but when Bilbo mm-hmm. Bilbo Baggins gets approached by Gandalf and he's like, "I'm going on an adventure." <laughs> like every toxic relationship I jumped into was like that. I'm like, "Well, let's see what the next." I'm not doing anything for three months. Let's fuck things up a little bit. 
And I don't call them relationships. Uh, I think this is a Dane Cook reference. He calls them relationships. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some of that, and some, and there were some good times and stuff. And you know, again, I, I spent probably my my mid to late twenties learning about what I what I really liked, you know, in a partner for myself, mm-hmm. and 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 but also mainly just focusing on my career, and um, it was. I never really wanted to get married again, probably just because of the spite. And mm-hmm. I had a, a as about as clean as a divorce as you can get to. Like nice. we we filed the paperwork. We didn't have lawyers. We just did it like old school way. Just nice. went down to the courthouse and here we're getting divorced. And and they're like, how are you going to divide the assets up? And we didn't have any <laughs> assets and we didn't have any kids. <laughs> we're twenty three, you know. And and basically the deal was, she takes the credit card debt. And all the stuff that we bought with the credit card, I take the Kirby, and that's it. The Kirby, <laughs> the vacuum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I I pushed for that vacuum. That's the only thing I got in the divorce. It's got an eighty-seven year warranty. I'm going to be in the grave before that thing breaks. <laughs> it's in my downstairs closet right now. Basically, it's a 1950s jet engine with a bag attached to it. Basically. <laughs> It's no joke. If you ever pick up a Kirby, you might pull a disc, you know? Yeah, it's like 95 pounds at least. Yeah, it's, maybe 120. Yeah, it's like cast aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was that was that was our divorce and, you know, I it was it was clean as clean as you can get, but I was still pretty jaded <clears throat> and, you know, only until recently have I you know talked to, you know, Brianna, my my girlfriend and told her, you know, I I know I've said in the past that I don't ever plan on ever getting married again but i could see myself being married to you i could see myself i want to spend the rest of my life with you mm-hmm. and we're and we're in that middle place now where mm-hmm. we're kind of deciding whether or not that's something that she wants or i really want that's and good. if we never get married and she just but and she's chooses to stay with me forever i'll be happy with that too you know i don't need to have a label on it i don't need mm-hmm. to have whatever i just want her to know that's how i feel and her to feel the same way you know that's so sweet all right you know and life gets progressive too like she she did tell me she's like if we ever got married i'm not taking your last name i'm Mm. like fine by me i don't care (laughs) if you could be whoever you want to be change your last name to something else you know so apparently drop it completely just be one a one person name i was gonna say i i I heard that you could just change your name during that time i'm like hey i'm going for the gusto i'm adding like six names like (laughs) like, screw (laughs) it six names (laughs) There all have to be a uh, biblical. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zechariah, Nebuchadnezzar, Rashak, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. I have no <laughs> idea who those people are, but I n- know the reference you're talking about because it's from there you go an <laughs> important book, I guess. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the book. <laughs> um, but I'm going to thank you for sharing that. I'm going to like move us into what I like to call shots fired. Oh shit! <laughs> um, and what shots fired? And is, they got Pookie. <laughs> I was always wanted to get, hit Ray Ray. I wanted to always get one of those like like a drive by like poop poop and they but I can't find that yet. Yeah. But one day, one day. Um, but um, what shots fired is is basically elevated icebreakers. It's about fifteen to twenty questions, and the first first bit of questions are a little easy and simple, and then the last bit of questions get a little bit more thought provoking. Okay. Great. Ready. Are you ready for shots fired? I'm I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. First question. What's your favorite color? 
Oh, gosh. Probably just uh, like a royal blue. Okay. Favorite sport? Um, football is um, what I played. My favorite sport I ever played, and um, I probably the favorite sport to watch, too. Okay. Favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Fruity Pebbles? Favorite drink? It could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Milkshake. Okay. Favorite movie? Vanilla. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Favorite movie, uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm, nice. What's your favorite TV show? I, the first season of uh, True Detective. Nice. So good. And Jesus. What, would, what, would you, what is a movie that you hate to love? Mm, that's a good one. <clears throat> hate to love. Guilty Pleasure. Like my guilty pleasure movie. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know if I have any of those. I, I I don't I don't feel shame about the movies that I like. That's fine. <laughs> Even too. if they go against the grain. Um, what's your favorite type of music? Um, I like to hear things that haven't that I f- haven't heard before. Mm. So like, um, Death Grips was a local Sacramento band that. I, when I heard them, I'm like, there's nothing I've ever heard like this before. Let's listen to them forever. And then I <laughs> burn myself out on it until I find a new genre. Death Grips. I gotta listen to that. Death Grips. Favorite, favorite artist. It doesn't have to be a musical artist. It's anybody whose art brings emotion to you. Oh, um, that's an easy one for me. Um, uh, Daryl Hollenbeck. He's mm. a automotive painter. Look up. He has a his a paint paint studio based out of Danville, California, Northern California. Here, it's named, it's called Vintage Color Studio, and the paint jobs that he does on classic cars is they're very simple. A lot of times, uh, they're not like crazy graphics and stuff, but they're one of the best, highest quality paint jobs you can get. And there's one specific car. It's a it's a light blue 1950 Ford Squire. I think it's a Squire or a, or a, or a Safari wagon, mm-hmm. a station wagon that is baby blue with bl- like uh, blue squares, rounded squares paneled around the entire thing that is about as perfect of a paint job as you can get. And it's gorgeous. Every time I see it, I stare at it for hours. I got to look him up for sure. So good. Um, what's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Mm, Sweden. I'm... My my roots are are supposedly half Swedish, and I want to go there one day. Okay, what what fiction, <laughs> what fictional world or place would you like to visit? Um, I'd probably like to spend at least a year or ten in Hobbiton, Ooh. in the Shire, in Lord of the Rings. Okay, they seem like they got a pretty chill life. Um, who is your celebrity crush? John Stamos. Okay. <laughs> Actually, probably probably Isla Fisher is my favorite. No, sorry, we're taking your first answer. Um, um, that's, my, that's my hall pass for Brianna. <laughs> let, just let John me watch. Stamos or Anderson just, Cooper? Just let me watch. <laughs> I know. Silver Fox, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> um, if you had to be handcuffed to someone for a month, who would it be? You can't say John Stamos. <laughs> you can or cannot? Cannot. <laughs> okay. Um, handcuffed or someone for a month. Gordon Ramsay. Okay. Because I could eat everything he eats. Ooh, that'd be fun. 
Um, apparently, he's like the nicest dude in the world. <laughs> I love it. I love his insults. They're they're so creative. <laughs> Give me your head. Give me your head. Look. I know. <laughs> it's an idiot sandwich. <laughs> Where is the lamb sauce? <laughs> I love him. He's great. Um. Uh. What was? Oh, sorry. Uh. What would be the name of your autobiography? Um. It'd probably be It's Pete with four E's in the middle. <laughs> it's Pete. <laughs> My username for just about everything. I like it. Um, last question. What is your death row meal? I need an app, an entree, and dessert. Last meal of life. Oh, great question. That's a great question. <clears throat> um, appetizer nacho wings which is like bare and unbreaded chicken wings deep fried and then you're put on so a plate Cal- and all you're the so na- california by the way i'm just and then all, all the nacho <laughs> accoutrements mm-hmm. are on top you get the mm-hmm. shredded cheese salsa onions chives all that stuff mm-hmm. jalapenos on the chicken yes take the chips out replace it with chicken yes. that's oh it's so good and so that's the appetizer uh, main course is my mom's um chicken fried steak um, with, uh, kind of like white gravy, mashed potatoes and, um, brown sugar, butter, baby carrots. So good. So easy to make. It's so good. So that's, that's my number one. And for dessert, uh, banana, chocolate, bread pudding. It's bread pudding is mm. underrated. You, so you, good. Put, you put an ice cream on that puppy or no? No, no. don't sully it. Oh, yes. Ice cream's fine by itself. That's its own thing. Mm. <laughs> standalone yes all right um again thanks for oh that's been shots fired thank you pete for being on um thank you for your yeah. time thanks for giving insight into your life into what you do can you please tell everybody yeah. how they can find you and um anything any upcoming events you got going on yeah i think yeah uh i appreciate having me on the show it's been a lot of fun and um i like i like your show a lot because you're you kind of you give a voice to a lot of people that you're like, I, I listened to the one about the, the nin, sales ninja. Oh yeah. 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 And it's like pe- pe- people, people are like, Oh, you're just a salesman. That's interesting conversation. Maybe not, but the guys, <laughs> the guys got a lot to say, you know, and people have interesting stories and a lot to say in their own, um, you know, everyone's a star of their own show. So I, I really dig it. Um, in, in that, the concept of the show, Thank but, you. uh, as far as, uh, me find us on middle-class film class, it's, it's really a lot of fun. It's very funny. Um, we try to keep it as light and funny as possible and we don't really hold back. Um, you know, the content, we don't, we don't censor ourselves. Sometimes we might say some regrettable things, but, uh, it's all in fun. You know, and um, but it's released every Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, like clockwork. We're on episode ninety six, I think. This Ooh. this this releases the uh, day after tomorrow is uh, the what is that? The seventh of July, and mm-hmm. that's episode ninety six. You haven't missed an episode or a Wednesday release ever since. Um, and we we do a thing called um, fil- film class field trips. Yep, where we go to the theater. And then we watch a, a a new release and tell you whether or not it's worth worth your time to watch it or not. And during COVID, it was Netflix releases and HBO yes. releases. But we're going back to the theaters uh, very soon for Dune and The Green Knight and some of the mm. bigger upcoming movies. Mm. Um, so you can figure out if it's worth twenty bucks to go out for the night. But uh, <laughs> the other cool thing about our show, which I just want to uh, pimp out a little bit, is that uh, when you listen to the show week after week, we have a lot of 
running gags and, and callbacks to older episodes. And it, it kind of rewards a continuous listen. And we love talking to the listeners. So we have, we have, I've had, we've probably had six or eight different listeners call in and talk to us about their movie selections and whatever else. And we, I've, I've had my mom come on the show a couple of times. Nice. We've, we've had, um, you ever heard a movie called the greasy strangler? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's it's a it's a tough watch. It's very <laughs> grindhouse, uh, low budget, okay. and and it's like t- Tim and Eric on crack. Really, um, I love but, the concept yeah, of that already. Let's do it. Yes, but the Greasy Strangler, the actor that plays the Greasy Strangler, Michael St. Michaels, we got him uh, calling the show and do an interview with us, and we pulled a couple of a couple of sound drops from him because in the movie he calls everybody uh, a bullshit artist. Bullshit artist. And so we got him to say it, say it over the phone and. <laughs> Good, good times. So, but yeah, it's middle class film class. Go to iTunes, Spotify, literally anywhere you can find your podcast and uh, give us a follow and a listen and write in and tell us what you want us to watch or what you're watching. It's a good time. Awesome. So the last thing we do here on Juvista World is say our catchphrase. And our catchphrase is love, peace, and chicken grease. So whenever right. you're ready, hit us with the catchphrase. This is Drew versus the world. Love, peace, and chicken grease, everybody. This has been another episode of Drew versus the world.